this is crazy to me. Tell me if this is true. After you wrote the album, you said to Nash, I want you to hear the album. You took him out in a rowboat. You played him the album. On one side of the lake you were on was uh, your barn, and you had a big speaker in the barn for the, let's say, the right-hand sound. And on the left hand, you had some other structure where you had a speaker. A house. A house. A house. And you're there, and you're playing him this masterpiece you've written, and you're hearing it, and you go, and you yell out to your people, give me more barn. <laughs> there wasn't enough sound coming out of the barn. Well, I just wanted to hear what it was, you know, stereo. I just wanted to hear a biggest, bigger stereo. And, you know, I had these big Voice of the Theater speakers set up, in in both buildings and and uh, wires running from one to the other. It was before internet and all that stuff. And uh, and, and uh, yeah, we were on in the rowboat, a little aluminum rowboat on the lake that's in front of my house. And also the barn is on the other side of the lake by about maybe you know 150 yards. So we're sitting there, and the, it's maybe 300 yards or 250 yards between the barn and the house. And I'm in the middle, more or less, a little bit closer to the house. And we needed more barn. To me, it was like, more barn. <laughs> <laughs> when you added the barn, and, you, and now you're in a boat, and he, you're playing him this. I think I was. Right. I wouldn't be sitting there listening to the whole album in a boat if it wasn't finished. <laughs> I, right. can't, I can't waste listens. That's a wasted listen. I can't, uh, listening is like gold. I only listen if I have to, and I only listen for a reason. And when everything's done, I'll listen to it. That's okay, I smoke some weed and listen to it while I'm taking a walk. But if I'm working on it, a listen is like gold. Do you ever go back and listen to your old albums? Ever? Only just, just in, in the archives, we're searching for things. That's it. We're looking for now, we got this thing called Fresh Tracks that we're listening for. Let's break away. Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. That, of course, is the birthday boy. I only do this for special people. Come on. Mr. Neil Young. Icon. Icon. And, and to my friends of the LNC, Canadian icon. I've always said, asked them, like, what's in the water? You, you all have these really great songwriters. You know, you got Joni Mitchell. You've got Getty Lee, Alex Lifeson, the late Neil um, uh, Pert of Rush. Um, I mean, he was born Neil Perci Percival Young, November 12th, 1945, 77, in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Just, oh, icon. I didn't get in I didn't get into Neil Young until really late, probably about ten years ago. I bought the Psychedelic Pill album and listened to it and I thought, whoa. I mean, as a songwriter, as as a there is a lot of nature in his sound. Whenever I hear a Neil Young song and then you hear that guitar, and then it's like fuck. And it's like wolves are howling. I mean, he really has he has his sound his sound is so unique and we've often called her the called him the godfather of grunge you know because um, when he gets a guitar oh my god and and it's not so much the guitar it's him his energy and his vibe 
there's so many songs that of Neil Young that I could I mean, come on, Cinnamon Girl, come on. Just that whole that whole opening guitar and down there. But one I mean, and then um Harvest Moon. Harvest Moon is such a beautiful song. And his voice. Um a couple years or about a year ago I was I had uh gotten his biography and it was read by Keith Carradine. Now I like it when he reads the book, Neil Young. And so I bought a book that, this audio book where he's talking about cars. And just to hear his voice, not only does he have a really good singing voice, but a really good speaking voice. And so to hear him talk about growing up and cars, and, and I'm not a fan of cars, but, and, and how he wanted to improve them and make them, you know, electric, really just... And then, and then music. This guy is a musicologist. He doesn't wear the in airs. He he's it's unnatural to him. So he would rather just lose the hearing. And and there's a there's a beautiful authenticity to Neil Young that a lot of artists lack. I mean, he is right there in the pantheon with Bob Dylan and Joni Mitchell and um, so many so many giants. His father, his father was net well known. His father was Scott Young, and and then his mother Astrid Young. His father was a Canadian journalist, sports writer, novelist. I mean, he looks like his father. It's like, jeez. Um, Neil Neil Young has been so relevant within this this musical firmament that we all live with. You know, he even went to Motown. He, um, I see, I didn't know this. In 1965, Young toured Canada as a solo artist. In 1966, while in Toronto, he joined the Rick James fronted, what was it? Minor Birds. The band managed to secure a record deal with Motown label, but as their first record was being recorded, James was arrested for being AWOL from the Navy Reserve. After the Minor Birds disbanded, Young and the bass player Bruce Palmer decided to pawn the group's musical equipment and buy a Pontiac hearse, which they used to relocate to Los Angeles. Young admitted in a 2009 interview that he was in the United States illegally until he received a green card permanent residency permit in 1970. Whoa, Neil, you fucking rebel. Um, I mean, this guy... Just so you know, we talk about artists who have been overanalyzed. Neil Young really, there's a lot to him that people don't know, because it's it's about the music, it's about the music, and it's about his love of the music, and that's what I love. And he loves to rock, you know. I I loved. There's an interview he did with Dan Rather. It's probably one of his best interviews. And Dan Rather really brings that out of people, and that's a that's a testament to Dan Rather. Um, last year, uh, Neil and uh, Crazy Horse they put out an album called Barn. I have the DVD, well the Blu-ray. Such a great sound. I mean, we we could go on, and I mean, after the Gold Rush is is his masterpiece, and Harvest, Harvest. I mean, Harvest. Come on, you've got Heart of Gold, Old Man. Heart of Gold really is his his masterpiece that whole album of harvest um 
Uh, it featured the London uh, Symphony Orchestra on two tracks and vocals by noted guests David Crosby, Graham Nash, Linda Ronstadt, and Stephen Stills and James Taylor. Yep. When it's when it's Neil Young, it's it's brilliant. I I I mean I love when he's on. I his interviews are just because he he. He could play with the audience, which he does, and um, my lovely wife threw something at the door boy. But I, I love just um, listening to him speak and his musical, his musical brilliance and his intelligence is just so. Uh, so there so there and um you know next week we're going to be able to watch the rock and roll hall of fame um but um i'm so tired of these commercials youtube cheese louise it's like enough already here we go that's a big question so you I get paid to we might have questions. to have somebody <laughs> bring in an expert <laughs> because, uh, uh, you know, rock and roll is a, is a free expression and uh, it's, a, it's bigger than the words rock and roll. It's a creative uh, living performance art thing with music and it has a lot to do with youth and expression and uh, feeling that you're convinced about something and trying to bring it to light and make it explode so people see it. And uh, also, it's just personal expression where you just let yourself go. And if you're with the right people, you all go together. And when that happens, improvisation happens, things start to rise, the people in the audience realize that you're now on your own. Everybody's going together, they're with you, you're with them, everything's happening at once right here for the first and only time like this. And it's really in a great groove. And the primitive thing of the beat and the people together and the growing kind of throb is, is the heart and soul of rock and roll. And at some point, this energy gets into the cloud. Yeah. And the cloud energy goes back. Tell me what it's like being up on stage when that happens. Well, it's the first physically, when I start getting to that point, there's a cool breeze. And it comes up my nose and into my head. You can almost feel the inside of my head starting to chill and freeze. Because I'm breathing and uh, the air gets cold. The higher I get with the music, and I'm just talking about high with the music, not high with drugs or anything else, uh, the more that happens. Now, as I've gotten older, it hasn't happened as much, but it still happens. Get high on the music. Well, you, could, you get so far into the music and you're so mindlessly playing, and everybody else is there, that something happens. And as that's happening, this cool breeze comes along. And that's just the way it is. To be clear, you're not talking about a, literally a cool breeze. It's when I breathe in, it's cool. It's cold. And I can feel it. Being able to feel music, that's when you have a message and a song that speaks and people feel it in their bodies. It's a visceral thing. This, uh, my lovely wife threw something at the door while I was writing it. And that, that, that's where some of the anger might have come from that. Because I was down in this room just doing this thing and 
writing this. It just came to me, this song, and I'm writing it, and I'm down there, and I know I was supposed to be doing something else, but like I said, I'm doing this. You know, yeah. this is what I do. And, uh, you know, not everyone can understand that. So there was some friction going on. So that, I think that contributed to kind of the, the edge on the song. So you're not kidding. Did but, she throw something at the door? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'll get your attention. Yeah. And she is a great lady. I mean, she's Sicilian. Yeah. And she has a big temper. But, you know, that's just with the way she was. <laughs> well, let me get this picture. <laughs> you're down writing the song. Yeah. Why they considered one of, if not the best songs ever written. But the wife is throwing something at the door because you're not doing what she wants you to do. What about that old saying, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy? <laughs> well, you know, so it, 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 Southern Man's not a happy song. <laughs> I don't know how it works, Dan. I really don't. But when I think of Southern Man and where it came from, that's where it came from. That's what was going on. Good enough. I recently had the pleasure of reading, when it came out a couple of months ago, Neil Young's autobiography. And the thing that actually struck me the most about it is, there's a part where he talks extensively about you. He says, out of all the people he's worked with over the years, he finds you basically the most talented and the best collaboration he's done. And then he says, he, he says, he says, that he, says <laughs> he says, he doesn't know where Linda is, but wherever she is, I would love to send her my love and I really miss her. Since you've always been here, and Neil Young is one of your biggest fans, what's your response to Neil Young? Well, who knew? I mean, again, Neil, you know, is one of the moodiest guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, to be fair, anyone who's ever read The Idiot, which is a great uh, description of, of an epileptic and how they feel and how they go through these strange states, Neil, Neil has epilepsy, no secret. And so he's just often dealing with a lot of strange, you know, jumps and shifts in his brain. So you never know when you want to go up to him, you, just, you never know whether it's going to explode or whether it's going to be like a volcano or whether it's going to be a nice peaceful river. So I, I just sang with him, you know, I kind of left it up to music. I always love, I love his music. I think he's just brilliant. And I did a tour with him and I opened for him and it was just hell. Because it was these huge places and they, they just wanted to hear Neil so badly. And I would stay every single night and hear his show. I had so much from that, you know, night after night after but I mean, I never knew that he, he, he'd call me all the time and say, come sing Armin on my record. So he must have liked my singing somewhat, but I never had any idea. I never had any idea. I read in the book. <laughs> and I've always been here all along. You could have picked up the phone. <laughs> That's Linda Ronstadt talking about Neil Young. I mean, Neil's Neil's been around for a long time. There, she, he shows no signs of slowing down. And um, the music, you know, to get into him later in life, <laughs> which I did, um, and to be able to, I mean, I would love to see him now. I don't know about, he will not tour because of COVID, and I don't blame him. He doesn't want it. You don't want it. Um, but um, here we go. You know, very little ooh baby in there. Not too much ooh baby, ooh baby, but a lot of these other things. So we basically use the original mixes of the songs and, and enhance them a little bit here and there. And then some of these songs, you know, is kind of, singing about some corporations and some things that had happened that I didn't, that I, I had opinions on uh, with corporations, government, people, responsibility, uh, crime, misleading advertising, things like that. 
Uh, and I, so I focused on that and did an album called The Monsanto Years last year. And uh, I played two or three of those songs during the tour, and they're all on this record because um, they were played really well, and I enjoyed listening to them. Let's pull away. And that's uh, Neil Young talking to Dan Rather. And as I said, Dan Rather really brings the best or worst out of people. For me, he brings the best. If you're not ready for the interview, don't do the interview. I'm going to play a little um, because of the copyright, but I can play karaoke versions. Don't worry, I'm not gonna, I wouldn't dare attempt Neil Young. I have such so much profound respect for him as an artist and as a mind. And, you know, Linda Ronsat talking about him because she knows he's an epileptic and his mind moves differently than everyone's. But what he's able to do with those synapses, come on. And we have a full moon tonight, so here we go. the song that made Neil Young an icon and so that's all we can play really I mean I'm fully aware of copyright I'm fully aware of what we can and cannot play on this this podcast this film podcast i know you're probably like why are you talking about neil young he's not in movies well this is where i make it honest he has done documentaries um he has scored films very famously wrote um philadelphia for the movie philadelphia Yes, when we when we think of Philadelphia, we think of the streets of Philadelphia. But Neil wrote Phil, and was nominated for an Academy Award for it. Of course, Bruce won for the streets of Philadelphia, and um, and then uh, when Tom Hanks won the Oscar, he mentioned Neil Young's song, and he mentioned Neil Young. So, as a songwriter and as a as a cinematic person, I mean. The way to, to, to hear Neil Young describe things, that book of his that I listened to, him talking about cars, and I would listen to it. I used to commute 30 miles for work. Not anymore. And But to listen to him talk about it, and I'm driving, and it would just it would put ease on my, my trip because I'm listening to Neil Young describe cars, and I'm driving a car. And this the lands the California landscape because he he lives in California most of the time, you know. And um, as a songwriter, that's really where he finds his inspiration is the nature and really you know like Joni Mitchell talking about what man has really done to the earth and misused the resources and and basically pillaged 
and you know where Joni wrote Big Yellow Taxi and Neil you know wrote um Heart of Gold and Harvest Moon and and has really tried to make it his mission to better our world in terms of the environment I know and 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 the carbon footprint leaving that you know really fixing so there's not a major carbon footprint and he puts his he puts his mouth where his you know he puts his money where his mouth is and that says something and um i've i've always just listened to just him speak about those things but at the at the heart of this matter is the music it's always about the music of this of this man and he has film ties he has a child and was in a relationship with Carrie Sondergrass uh who was um nominated for Diary of a Mad Woman I believe um she was in the film Blue Sky uh which was uh the score was done by Jack Nietzsche who was good friends with Neil Young he was in Crazy Horse with Neil Young and so um yeah yeah it, it really is uh I mean, if it's film, I can I can tell you about it. I'm not going to do the six degrees of Kevin Bacon because it's like, meh. But I can tell you how everyone is interconnected artistically. And Jack Nietzsche and Neil Young, come on. Jack Nietzsche died in the 90s. And I think the last thing he did was um, the uh, score for Blue Sky directed by the late Tony Richardson. Tony Richardson, who was once married to Vanessa Redgrave. Oh, Vanessa, Vanessa. And they had children together. And he had directed uh, Tom Jones, which uh, starred uh, the late uh, Albert Finney. You know, won a whole bunch of Oscars. And so, yeah, it's all it's all interconnected, the music and the films. And But Neil Young is an artist, I mean... I love his mind. I really, really do. And I know that Linda Ronstadt, Linda Ronstadt, to speak so lovingly of Neil. And in fact, if you listen to Harvest Moon in the background, you can hear Miss Linda Ronstadt singing the background vocals of uh, Harvest Moon. Um, But I think when we talk about songwriters even even Bob Dylan has said that I believe he hated uh, Heart of Gold, or no, he d- he was jealous because he wished he had written Heart of Gold. <laughs> he wished he had written it, and he didn't. And um, but it and it made Neil, you know, it it made him an icon. He and he was already on his way. So to have this beautiful, I mean, there's always something about nature within Neil's work. Harvest Moon, Harvest, um, Heart of Gold. When you think of Heart of Gold, of course, you're thinking, uh, we could all think of, you know, the wheat fields, because that's seen as gold to some people. But he really, in terms of... uh, channeling which is what he does so well and of course old man when i i i was a year uh, almost a year ago i was at a friend's party a costume party and i saw a very amazing teacher and friend of mine and and i would consider her a mentor 
and we're sat there and we just we we revisited you know I, I hadn't seen her in a long time and that really made my night is to see this this person who I really adore and have a lot of love and admiration for and we're sitting there singing Neil Young old man take a look at my life <sighs> so yeah I, I saw her not too long ago I want to give a, a shout out to Suzanne or we call her Susie um, she was a teacher of mine and and a friend and a mentor and whenever we get together we just talk about music and we talk about all this beautiful art you know and of course British cinema and that's a good thing to be able to talk to people about that you know um, I finished my um, time at the library today and I got to talk to a new student worker and I wanted to give him a shout out because we he worked in a movie theater and that intrigues me right there. And he gets to, he got to watch all these movies. We talked about the Northman. We talked about film and and where film is really going. And so you know, I wish you the best. I I really do. When I you know, I'm not going to tell everyone I do this show. Sometimes I'm kind of like, eh, do I really want them to hear my show? Because then there, I'm going to hear people say, well, you talk about this and you jump. Well, but there's always a point to everything because I'm tying it all together, you know, synapses right there. And I'm fully aware of what I'm talking about. And some people think that I go off in these adventures, you know, a little bit could be the ADD. Yes, I understand. I talk too fast sometimes and people don't get it. And, and that's fine. That's fine. But the real ones who listen to this show and know, OK, he's talking about this. He's going to get to that, which I do. You know, why am I talking about Neil Young? Because his music is cinematic. And it's just open road music. Think about it. When you're driving and you're listening to Neil Young, it's cinematic and you're feeling it. That cool breeze that he just talked about in that interview with Dan Rather. And, you know, to quote his contemporary Joni Mitchell, songs are like tattoos. And songs paint images and, you know, any cinematographer loves a good song to just paint and, you know, um, really draw out a scene, whether it's a score or, where, or whether it's a popular song. And so today, you know, 77 years young of Mr. Neil Young. And I hope I hope he's with us for a very long time. Um He's got that glimmer in his Neil Young stare. An artist, the way they look at you, and to look at Neil Young, in an area, he's got those eyes and that stare, and a very serious. And and then he'll smile, but he's got that gleam in his eye, like he he knows something that the rest of us don't know, and that's why he is a musical genius. He knows what he wants. He knows what he doesn't want. And um, and he is not just a Canadian icon. He's an icon. But we have to thank, and I thank the LNC all the time, my fellow Canadians, the LNC 666, for giving us Neil Young and sharing him with us. I mean, what a fantastic performer. And as it gets colder, I love to listen to his songs because they just... As you go into hibernation mode and you get to, you know, Cinnamon Girl, I mean, 
oh god that song i can hear it right now in my head just the opening guitars and how it do 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 i mean only neil young can do that and only with crazy horse okay ha <sighs> I know, sometimes my song choices, I think they surprise people because I do love the extreme, whether it's metal or whether it's hard rock or whether it's, you know, even something with orchestration on it. But then there's Neil Young. Neil Young has an intensity that is right up there with the metal guys. It really, really is. It's dark. It's also at the same time funny and and he's channeling something. I mean, um, I remember he did that song "Helpless," which is about him when he was going through polio as a child. So, I mean, to be able to put his trials and tribulations in music, and like Joni Mitchell, Joni Mitchell herself battled polio. Though those are two musical icons. And that unfortunate thing that they have in common is about with polio, which really affected them long term. Neil Young has talked about like he has one side of his body is stronger than the other because of the polio. And then Joni, Joni Mitchell, I remember in the 90s, her voice, her her voice was going a certain way, her singing voice because of the polio. So, um here we are in these these times of vaccinations and some of you question it and that's fine but you those are two people who if it wasn't for the polio vaccine would not be with us and you wouldn't be able to bask in these songscapes like Joni Mitchell's Big Yellow Taxi and Blue and Neil Young's um Heart Heart of Gold Heart of Gold I can see why Bob Dylan was jealous of Heart of Gold because you listen to it and you think this really is a great song. And 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 it's just the guitar and it's just Neil Young. And um yeah, that's what it's all about. So that's why I talked about him. It's his birthday and he has film connections. He did a film. He had many film film uh makers that are friends of his as well as actors. And like I said, he wrote that song Philadelphia for the movie Philadelphia. It was nominated for an Academy Award. The film is about AIDS. Tom um, Tom Hanks' character, in fact, that one Tom Hanks, his Oscar, his first Oscar, um, where he plays this character, and he is battling out in court, and he's dying of AIDS. And so there's that. And then, um, see what the cold does to my voice? <laughs> um, and, then, and then you look at... Uh, how he writes these songs and how he's able to merge the visual with the sonic. And he did that with Barn, which he put out last year with Crazy Horse. Directed by his amazing wife, Daryl Hannah, right there. And so, yeah, today I just wanted to celebrate Neil Young. Harvest Moon really is my song. That will always be my song. Just the instrumentation and his voice and Linda Ronstadt's vocals. That really is the cool breeze he was talking about. So, as always, unpleasant dreams. Happy birthday, the godfather of grunge.
Neil Young. 